You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brian McCubbin. Hello, hello. How's everyone doing? All right, David Hall. Hey, hey. Greg Hectus. What's up, everybody? And Tony Groves. Evening, fellas. We got a great show with the start of the season right around the corner. The final places pieces of the Coke series fall into place as we kick off Daytona week on iRacing. The new season is here, so let's go. Gridfinder is growing fast, and that is good news, with nearly 1,000 leagues across 10 different sims and almost 200 iRacing leagues. This is the place to find your next league. League owners, get your league noticed and your grids filled. Remember, it is free to search and free to post your league. Gridfinder is the home of online sim racing leagues. Visit www.grid-finder.com to find a league or to upload your own. Gridfinder is the home of online sim racing leagues. Gridfinder.com. Well, guys, the regular season is almost here. Off season is over. Summer is coming. And we kicked things off with the Daytona Clash with a bunch of Coke drivers. Logan Clampett, he took the checker, as and uh, Ottinger finished right behind him, giving William Byron Esports the 1-2 finish. Um, it was caution-filled and non-points race before the opener next Monday. Did you guys get to watch this one? Boy, I did. I put it up on the big screen in the living room, too, and... Uh... It was a different kind of broadcast because Podium did it uh, with James Pike and and company. Um, wasn't the normal Evan. And uh, they had a reset, which I think led to all those cautions. Uh, people were just being super ultra aggressive. And and uh, track position was hard with this group. Um, I think it was a fixed set, too. Yeah, it, it was a fixed set. And I think you're right, though, that uh, fast repair that each of the drivers had really made them super aggressive and, you know, a little, little careless, if you will. But there were some times watching that race that those guys were just three wide for lap after lap after lap. Just really good car control for a while. And, um, yeah, I think this was just a situation where they were getting feeling things out, seeing what the car will do and, uh, just really just getting ready for next week. I, I don't think we're going to see this kind of a caution caution fest that we, that we saw today or this yeah. week. And anytime you have that repair on there, add that to the fact that it's basically win or it's basically a checkers or rakers situation. There's no points. There's no worrying about whether or not you finish second or third or 20th. It's either first or nothing. Yeah. I think I commented during the race uh, to our group, it looked like AI out there, the way that they were three wide and just on a rail. I mean, no, nobody's moving left or right. Everybody is straight on, all three lines right next to each other, you know, really side drafting. 
Um, it looked like AI out there. I mean, it, these guys are the best in the business, and they showed it really um, the way they were they ran out there. We remember how well we were able to run three wide in the winter series as well because it's half pro guys, right? Yeah, I mean, it's all about the talent and who can hold their line. And obviously, everybody in this group can. And I think a part of the wrecks, too, are just these drivers getting to know each other. There's a lot of new faces out there with all the rookies. So as we continue to talk about the Coke news, Brian, uh, look at this ring, man. Yeah, well, so uh, Nick Ottinger, who uh, finished yesterday, we were uh, second yesterday, like we were talking about. He posted on Twitter that he just picked up his championship ring for winning the championship last year's last year, and it's a it's a it's a big ring. It looks like from uh, from the photos that he posted, um, and it's a nice looking ring. It's got the iRacing logo um, uh, character in the center with his arms up. Um, it's it's black and, and silver or black and uh, yeah, it looks silver to me. And uh, yeah, it's it's a beautiful ring. And uh, congratulations to Nick Otcher because he really deserved that last year. It kind of like, looks like a class ring or a Daytona 500 ring. I really like that trophy in the background as well. The Miles uh, Monster. He definitely got some hardware last year. Yeah, the ring also has the colored logo on the side with uh, 2020. And then on the opposite side, it's got his name, Ottinger. And then around the front, around the rim, as you look down on it, iRacing NASCAR champion. It's just crazy that uh, they're uh, they're doing this. That obviously we've have have we seen the other rings in the past of the other championship but champions because this one's I think it seems to be the first one that I've seen. I think it's the first close. I've seen. Yeah. Well, what was the purse two years ago? Ten k. Yeah, and then it jumped to yeah, yeah. jump jump from ten to three hundred, and now we're at three twenty or something. So it's 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 a new world. We've talked about that before. And that new world brings in new owners. Yeah. So, David, the I guess the uh, you know Elliot Sadler Esports it's a team that we've uh, raced against a lot in the top splits here, but uh, he made the announcement uh, this week on their Twitter that uh, they've uh, got Ashton Crowder and Garrett Mains as their uh, drivers for this season. So it's nice to uh, they posted a video too up uh, here uh, just you know, showing off the cars and uh, getting us ready for the season. No surprise on the drivers, obviously. Uh, we pretty much knew that was going to be the call because those are in their internal drivers as well. And we know Vicente was already announced at another team. So they're interesting. Uh, they, they got the offer pad. Uh, Do you guys notice that from the, the uh, door bumper clear and Smithfield and stuff are on board? Yeah, and they announced uh, Nutrien AG Retail as a full-time partner. Isn't that the company that Brett works for? On uh, Isn't he the one that's always trying to get... Uh, yeah, he, it is Brett uh, Griffiths, um, the company he works with to try and sponsor cars. He's the spokesperson for it. Well, Brett is... A um, promoter. Yeah, Brett is has kind of two jobs and I don't think, I guess he's retiring from spotting, but he's, he's still, he's, some, he's kind of a, a manager on the sponsor side. He, he helps connect drivers with, with sponsorships. That's kind of been one of his things. So yeah, I, I don't think he actually works for offer pad, but he's a partner with him as far as through his drivers and his show. Well, yeah, he's a partner with new offer pad, but nutrient is the one that he's been talking about on the show that he, um, 
I think like before he became Elliot Spotter or Elliot Sadler Spotter years ago, um, he he was in the PR department or PR background. So I think that's what he kind of does with some of these uh, sponsors. Yeah, in the winter series, I've gotten to have a couple of brief chats with Elliot. But uh, one of the questions that we we talk with Michael Jeans, who's there. He's pretty much their setup guy. Uh, he runs in that winter series with us as well, and his—I don't remember if we've had him as a guest or not. But um, he jokes that uh, Elliot's actually a little bit mad at him now because he's basically sort of being pulled out of retirement, becoming a coke driver or a coke driver owner. Yeah, that'll keep him busy. Well, how about Xset Gaming? Another uh, new team coming in, and they've got Ryan Luza and Casey Kerwin, and. They also announced that they have Fast Pasta, Anthony Alfredo, joining on as a content creator. And that's a bit of a different role that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, that's uh, unique to get an actual cup driver to be part of the mix, so to speak. Um, but, but he's a big part of their announcement. Uh, in the graphic, you can see Anthony in the background, but he is twice as big as the other drivers. So. Now... Anthony's got a full-time ride this year, right? So, yeah, he's a uh, front row motorsports. So the only thing that's letting him obviously be able to do this is obviously they don't have practices and things like that. Like, there's less of an obligation racing-wise for the most part. So it's kind of odd that he'd be a content creator and have a full-time ride too, right? But it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how, he, how he does all this, uh, you know, manages both sides. Well, combined, no practices, and with COVID, not as many sponsor obligations, probably, other than Zoom meetings. And this, this is kind of part of the gig now for some of them. And, I mean, Anthony kind of built his name on iRacing before he came up in the in the real ranks. So it's a, I, th- I don't think he's ever going to completely leave iRacing. We enjoyed hopping on his stream and chatting with him several times during the uh, that 24. Yeah, he's a good guy. It, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what... what uh... I wonder if he'll do more of those videos and stuff where he's, you know, teaching us about uh, certain things on the track of what that uh, we should be looking for and stuff like that. And who knows, but uh, as a con- content creator, it'll be interesting to follow us what he does. I don't know if I'm old or what, but I don't know this X set gaming. Um, this is new to me. Was this one of the new teams that came in? Yeah. But looking at nope. their Twitter stream, I mean, they're into all kinds of different games. They they do everything. And they they really came out swinging as a as a new player in the Coke series. And landing landing um, Ryan Luza and Casey Kerwin, man, they are big top top names in this series. So uh, yeah, they really came out swinging hard. And uh, you know, Anthony Alfredo, that's a good deal too. He's you know he's probably going to be doing the uh, pro series, right? I imagine he's going to be doing pro series when that comes back around right. again. And uh, you know, maybe maybe they're doing something. The sponsorship has something to do with his videos. Maybe like Xset will be sponsoring his YouTube videos that he's been doing. Who knows? Or maybe they'll sponsor him as a cup driver. You know, in real life, uh, perhaps we don't know yet with Front Row. But uh, you're right. I mean, Ryan Luza, you know, he's the top of the top i mean he's gonna demand more money than anybody out there almost so uh to get him and and then casey kerwin is very popular even though he has bad luck but man that is a good grab we got some more teams how about rosh finway yeah rosh finway announced um and this was all in the week leading up to the bush class 
Uh, Stephen Wilson, three, as I know him, because uh, he always has the three after his iRacing name. But uh, And Nathan Lyon is uh, with Roush Fenway. So nice lineup there. And then David William Esports announced their guys. Yep, they are picking up Jake Matheson and Zach Nichols. They're going to be running the 52 and the 29, and you can pull up their uh, Twitter handles if you check out the website. That's our website, by the way, iRacersLounge.com. You notice the different uh, types of, uh, you know, the Twitters they put out and the kind of media that they put out. I think the one we talked about last week, they had the video of the actual race car with uh, Malik Ray standing in front of it. Um, but some of these other teams, they're pretty low key. I mean, just a graphic with the, the names on it, you know, and that's it. That may come down to how much connection they have to a real garage. You know, if you if you're just if you're just a virtual gaming, you may not have a cup car sitting around somewhere that you can throw a wrap onto. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say Williams Esports probably doesn't have any access to a cup car because you know they're they're an F one team background backing right like right it's you know they're just odd things wouldn't have like i would expect like you know we have that uh x set uh gaming they would be you know i thought maybe they would have a promotional video or something like that or i mean roche fenways is pretty basic and so is williams esports but you know you'd, you'd expect some some of them that are focused on uh different um you know their their resources uh for know content creating very i guess you know roush probably doing it from their basic account and same with williams well guys uh get ready to hear a lot about this team both in the real world and in um i racing it's uh team 2311 uh which is a uh, 23xi roman numerals that you'll be seeing it and of course that's uh denny hamlin's uh team that he has partnered with uh a guy named michael jordan so yeah so uh it's a it's a high profile team both in the nascar coming in this year as a new team and uh as a new uh i racing team and they landed some heavy hitters themselves um they landed uh mitchell dijon and uh they got um case or keegan Leahy, who's again speak of the top 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 guys that uh, he's definitely one of them and i expect mitchell DeJong to, to be very competitive this year even though it's his first season oh yeah i think mitchell's going to be the best rookie of the year for sure and especially with the increase in road courses i think mitchell is going to be a force to be reckoned with in points doesn't he run rally two yeah he's a rally yeah. champion so he's you think champion. he might be good on the bristol dirt type sliding it sideways maybe Right, he's going to be good everywhere. I think that's pretty well established. He he may be one of the best all around i racers in the whole sim, as far as multiple different um, uh, classifications and, and different disciplines, because he really has it all. Well, now, sorry, go ahead, Greg. I was just going to say, you know, partner up with. It's interesting that uh, they've got the DoorDash uh, sponsor for Mitchell here. Uh, which is going to be on the actual 23 car in the real series. And then Keegan Leahy kind of carried over his VRS uh, sponsorship. Well, I think we're seeing that a lot of these NASCAR teams, they're extending the sponsorship from the real car to the virtual car and giving that sponsor that extra value. Hey, you know, we're going to put you on in the Coke series virtually, and we're going to give you this extra benefit, you know, at no additional cost, you know, maybe there is an additional cost. I don't know. 
another thing uh, when I was watching the uh, clash the other day is uh, Mitchell DeJongs, he's at the Kalanda, um, Kalanda compound in Germany. He was racing at like four in the morning at his, his time. So, um, you know, the, he's in the Porsche series, obviously. And um, those races are, are a lot more, uh, they're in the middle of the day for him. So uh, these night races for Coke, that could be a factor, I, I imagine, because all of his races are going to be, uh, you know, nine o'clock Eastern Standard, but he's going to be racing at four o'clock in the morning where he's at. And I was uh, blown away by the, the look that Mitchell has with the, he's in the Coanda Simsport house with the bright, bright purple carpet. And then he had these like yellow tinted shades on and he was this pimping style. <laughs> Well, how about uh, Latart Esports? They're coming back, and they uh, they picked up Chris Sherburn and Bobby Zelinski. Uh, wow! So they got a yeah, they got a pretty stacked team coming into this season. You you can't bet a bit against Bobby Zelinski. I mean, another. I mean, he if I would say he's in the top three or four for sure, uh, best drivers in the series. Um, so yeah, I mean, Steve Latart uh, got a nice nice uh, driver there. Yeah, I was talking about Mitchell DeJong being one of the best all-around drivers. Well, if if, if he is, Bobby Zielinski is not far behind. He was a, a Porsche Series driver up until this past year. So, and, and everybody knows how well he does on the road courses in these Coke races. Um, man, that is, is Mitchell DeJong going to be the guy who upsets Bobby Zielinski's complete dominance of road courses in NASCAR? That's going to be quite a fun thing to see unfold. Well, the thing that's going to be interesting, I, I, you know, we'll get into the schedule, but um, they took the road course section out of the schedule for it. So there's kind of took away a, for Bobby. There's one of his, you know, helps to get into the final four every year uh, by having that Charlotte road course that he usually dominates at. They don't have that this year. No that, road courses in the playoffs, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. There's there's a three of them all together. We'll, we'll get to it, but yeah, it's just not in the playoffs. So, so uh, Bobby Zelinski, while that might help him getting up there in the points to make the playoffs, it's not going to help him advance um, like he has been. You know, he's had that golden ticket pretty much every year with that red course. Well, like you said, they're going to have to be all around good driver or great drivers this year. You're going to have to have a lot of disciplines to to make it through this season. So, um, I guess there was another. Uh, Another new team, Mode Media House, uh, posted that they've uh, acquired uh, Matt Matt Busa and Jake Nichols here as their drivers for this season. So another one of the new teams here got some great talent to, to start out with. Um, now, I think Mode's been around at least a year or so. Yeah, they they um, Did around. I miss it? Oh, okay. Sorry about that. I must have not paid, paid attention to it. Yeah, that's um, Kyle Long, the NFL uh, former NFL player, his team. Uh, I think they joined like midway through the season um, two years ago, as, as, if I remember correctly. Okay. And then we have the teams that didn't even announce their drivers. I thought this was kind of lame. I mean, come on. Can't they put out a tweet, you know, before the race starts and say, hey, these are our guys? So apparently, uh, JTG Racing, JTG daughtery racing whatever they call it Dirty. uh yeah they don't have the time to do that so brian schoenberg uh tweeted himself hey, hey no surprise i'm going to be joining this team for 2021 for the 47 and then Derek justice will be in the 37 car which is the uh car christian challenger has uh, vacated to take a staff member at iRacing 
The Derek Justice, he's a rookie, right? He's a rookie. We run with him in the winter series, and uh, he, he's dang good. So we covered a lot of uh, the new race teams and new signups. And we have posted here by Justin Milillo a, a, a tweet showing the entire Coca-Cola iRacing series on a chart. We got 20 teams and 40 drivers. Um, and I guess this is a... Oh, they mentioned that they were going to be running IROC S schemes for the Clash. But here you go. If you want to see them all, it's right there on one little picture. Now, the IROC schemes, I think that was a total bust. I mean, I could not recognize the drivers during the race when they're in the pack. You know, you have two and three wide, you know, 10 to 12 deep. Every car is a different color, but you can't distinguish them because you don't know, oh, you know, Keegan's in the blue one. I mean, how am I supposed to know that? And so I don't even know how the announcers did it, but uh, I was really lost. I would have much, much rather seen the drivers in their regular colors for that race. Um, The other thing uh, on this is this points out the next team that did not announce their drivers, and that would be Clint Boyer Racing. Uh, They've selected Blade Wit and Ryan Duchette as their drivers, and those are the final uh, 39th and 40th announcements. There wasn't an announcement. I had, uh, you know, I think Blade and Ryan might have tweeted on their own, but there was nothing from Clint Boyer. I went and looked. Does this mean that, like, just taking away from that, do you think it's a lack of care on their part or just, you know, just they're not taking the part of this part of the season to kind of capitalize on promotion promotions? Clint Boyer's a doofus? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting ready for his uh, announcing gig. Maybe he's too too busy. I guess it's all those photo shoots he's doing with Jeff Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, one of the teams uh, in Coke Series that'd be uh, Klinger Klingerman Sport. Uh, they've announced that they're going to be partnering with Chevrolet in advance of this uh, season coming up. So, uh, yeah, talk about your big sponsors. Um, so he announced that. All the drivers, his his guys, uh, Isaac Gann and Bob Bryant, they're going to be running the uh, the Chevrolet car in the series. And um, I don't know, could this be the start of like a manufacturer-style um, championship or, or rivalries in Coke series? We really haven't had that kind of uh, uh, aspect to the sim before. Exactly. I've never seen this where there's a press announcement saying, hey, we're moving from Toyota to Chevy. Um, there's a reason there's got to be sponsorship or money behind it. Um, so I, I, I find it awesome that Chevrolet is getting involved like this. Um, you know, this is the first team. Will there be others? Will there be Toyota teams and Ford teams and whatnot? And um, it's time for Toyota and Ford to step up. Well, I bet you this is just going to be the start of this. You know, we may not see much of this, like maybe nothing more of this this year, but Next year, um, I, 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 I would put some good bets that you'll, you'll be seeing uh, Ford and Toyota following up and uh, jumping all over that. And then, then we're you know, off to the races, so to speak. Would they be doing it? Like I think you kind of hinted on it there, Brian, when you were talking about it. But do you think that they would have a, a points championship for manufacturers, kind of like they kind of – used to do like you don't hear it much about nowadays you know what constructor wins the 
you know, the old overall manufacturer championship in NASCAR, they don't kind of talk about it as much as they used to. Um, but do you think it would be, you know, do you get like a Tatladega, the Fords working together with the Toyotas like they do in real life? Um, and team orders that way too, eventually? I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of what kind of return is Chevy going to get from this? Um, you know, how do how does Kligerman, you know, give them some value? I don't know. Well, yeah. just talking about, you know, driving, you know, say he wins and he's in his post-race interview. It's no different than, you know, the car doesn't look like your car, you know, you're not going out and buying the actual uh, Camaro or Camry or, or, mustang that looks exactly like the cup car they look totally different but at least just saying it you know when you're in the winner's circle that you know that's you know thanking them right yeah it's kind of just what you it's just just saying the word is gets it in someone's head so it's it's worth something to them yeah and i'm I'm sure um comparatively what they spend in other series chevrolet is probably just putting in a pittance you know for um for iRacing um so in the long in the long run, they're probably not putting a ton of money on their scale into the series, but they could get some return out of it. You know, we haven't really haven't seen you know the the Daytona races all IROC schemes. We don't know what their paint schemes are going to look like if uh, Chevrolet is going to be prominent, you know, on their car any more than just the uh, logo on the uh, hood. So um, yeah, I'm not sure, but um, it's it, it's interesting, and I I do think this might start something with the uh, other rival car companies. Well, they uh, posted the full 2021 eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series. Um, find that right on the iRacing web pages. And, uh, yeah, they got a handful of, of road courses. And the Bristol was way at the end. Um, I may have been sleeping, but I didn't hear if they were bringing dirt to Bristol in iRacing. I don't think I'm, so. I don't think this is the dirt dirt version. Pro Invitational already has it on the schedule. The Pro yeah, Invitational, uh, right? Yeah, they're bringing the dirt to iRacing. It will be uh, there will be a Bristol dirt track, but I don't think it's going to be part of the Coke series. It's it's uh, slated for the spring race at at uh, Bristol, and um, this Bristol is at the end of the year. So, and it's, it looks like it's going to be in the uh, chase too. It's going to be a playoff race. It's, I would seriously doubt they would put something as unknown as a as a dirt Bristol in a chase. You, that that four chase races or the four races there leading up to the championship or the three races leading up to the championship weekend, finishing off in Texas. But you got Darlington, Bristol. And Talladega is your three to get in. And then Texas. I was kind of surprised by that at the final. Yeah. Do, they, <clears throat> do, they, do you think that they went after Texas because of how last year's race was kind of exciting and then also didn't, you know, it had an odd ending to it too. Like maybe they're trying to just change it up maybe because the home, well, the Homestead race was exciting too, but Homestead is, you know, early, they're using it early in the year like they're actually doing in, in real life, right? I was yeah. kind of surprised it wasn't Phoenix, but it's probably because we don't have a scan of Phoenix. Well, Phoenix would be just the rearranging of the start-finish line, right? Because it still has, has it on the long straightaway. Yeah, but visually, it it's ago. way different. I mean, the, all the stands okay. and the infield is completely gutted and redone. I gotcha. I like this offering. You know, at the, the end of this season, you've got 
you know, four very distinctly different tracks and it's going to challenge the guy, you know, all the guys in, in different ways. It's really going to, uh, you know, you're really going to have to be on your game, uh, you know, to make it through and, and rise to the top. This, it, it could be really good. I, I think it'll be really good. And they're ovals. I like that they're all ovals. I really do. Now, there are a lot of road courses. I'm going to name them off during the regular season. Watkins Glen, Road America, uh, Cota. Um, I don't know That's if I it. missed any. No, nope, okay. there's three. And then there's the yes. all-star race, which isn't actually named which track it's going to be. Maybe that'll be the Bristol Dirt. Could be. Um, or maybe the rumored Nashville that's coming. Yeah. That um, might actually even be better. North Wilkesboro is a good track for an event like that, I would think. Didn't they do that last year at North Wilkesboro right after it came out? Yeah, I think so. So they have Auto Club on here. So but that's probably going to be the last year that Auto Club's um, going to be in the season at all under its its configuration as it is now as a two mile super speedway before they switch that over to the uh, half mile high bank. Well, do you think there's any chance to run the new track on March no, 30? No, because the thing is, is unless iRacing, they get the okay to show what it's going to look like. I, I wouldn't see them using it then because they're not even going to run auto club this year that that race has been canceled. So you know, they're never they're never going to race on that two mile track any, ever again. So th they're going to start tearing that down when they're allowed to start going back to work and have it uh, have it built up for the next race. But uh, they move that race to the Daytona road course. So this will be the last time here probably that you're going to see it on the schedule too because it's until it, in the big configuration. So eventually there's probably going to be a legacy California. Yeah. Okay, moving on, uh, Femi uh, Olat uh, posted up. He got some nice swag from his team, Joe Gibbs Racing and Interstate Batteries. Um, our recent guest uh, put up a photo of some, he got some hats, he's got a backpack, uh, some shirts and polos and different things. Uh, I think those are masks. There's some masks there. Mask, yeah. What a, what a cool package just to have, though. Like, you got the nice golf shirt polo shirt there it's really nice to have all those options to you know he can just wear them when he's racing and because they're gonna have cameras on him again right i would think so yeah well we also have some new sponsors announced by jr motorsports and they've got a product partnership now with wr1 sim chassis i wonder if that's going to come from a i wonder if that means all the drivers are going to be getting new rigs and also axe body spray so when they're cashing their big checks, they can also have have their uh, significant others uh, fawning all over them because they smell so great. I was that paint say, job, wow. Yeah, it's a beautiful paint job. I was going to say, I think Mike Conti bought a new rig, didn't he? Wasn't he saying he was going to get a new rig at the end of last season? So I thought he was switching to the WR1. I so think maybe, he did, yeah. Yeah. So, that may have been, they may have already, he may have already known that was in the works then. Yeah, so he's, I think he's in that now. And, uh, you know, this is kind of cool that, you know, they've been running the junior logos for the last two years here in different, diff just a different paint look. It'd be, it's nice to see them in a different uh, actual, you know, different sponsor on the car. As far as I know, these aren't sponsors of Dale's regular cars. So these are new 
uh, probably, I think, exclusive to the virtual side. Well, and you never know when those could, you know, transform into the real world too, right? Like introduce them, like Axe is an, is, would be like a small sponsorship for probably a big cup team, but, you know, in here they can spend some money and, you know, get a really nice looking car. Yeah, I know. Um, Junior's a big proponent of the uh, WR1 Sim chassis. D- didn't he? Wasn't he hooking up a lot of the uh, guys in the NASCAR drivers when they were setting up for the uh, Pro Sim Pro Invitational? I think he was getting WR1 chassis out to a bunch of people. Oh yeah, yeah. I think they were arriving to like Clint Boyer's house and like in multiples at one point. Him and Harvick were getting multiples of the WR1s. Yeah, so that makes sense to be a sponsor for his uh, team. That's a good deal for those guys. So, uh, guys, Saturday, uh, getting back to the road, uh, Saturday was the Porsche Tag Hero Super Cup Round 3. Um, it was at uh, Emola. And, uh, yeah, Josh Rogers, he took the win Saturday. Uh, he was uh, also, with that win, he took over the points lead from Mitchell DeJong uh, in that race. Uh Let's see. Uh, second place was Alejandro Sanchez, and third place was uh, uh, names escaping me for a second. Um, but yeah, it was a it was an interesting race. I watched it. Um, and by the way, the I've been I signed up for that uh, the email text alerts, uh, the text alerts when uh, big events are coming, and it works really well. I was getting texts that this race was starting on Saturday. I wasn't able to watch it when it happened, but you know, it's a, it's a still pretty cool service. I I do like that. Um, so, uh, in the race itself, uh, the, the, uh, sprint was actually run by, was won by Sebastian job. He, he actually won the sprint with, uh, with, uh, Rogers finishing second behind him. So, uh, so Roger started in seventh and, uh, Job started in eighth in the actual final race. And, uh, at first lap, Sebastian job, he, uh, he messed up a corner, uh, wrecked out, and uh, man, he fell all the way to the back. And I think he didn't even finish in the points. So uh, yeah, he's the, our defending champion, Sebastian Job. He's he's way back in points now. He he his season's pretty much over by now. Um, but Josh Rogers was uh, awesome. He he started in seventh and and uh, drove up through the field to take the win in that race. Didn't Job have some other bad luck, like connection issues and stuff? Yeah, that was in week one, the very first week. He was in a good position, lost connection, fell down a couple of laps. So, yeah, with that finish and this one, I, I don't see how he's going to be able to come back. Not the way Josh Rogers is running right now. And some of the other guys, Mitchell DeJong finished strong. Um, you know, uh, Alejandro Sanchez, Kevin Ellis Jr., I, that's who finished third. Uh, yeah, so all those guys are, have good results already. And, uh, you know, it's only week three, but still, I, I – that's a that's going to be a, a large mountain to climb. Guess you're waiting on me. And, uh, a video from Ann Rabbits from Snail Racing uh, talking about the VRS GT3 Sprint Series, and it's uh, well, she's a newcomer to it, so she's you know uh, telling you that you know kind of what to expect and uh, what to look out for. I watched this video. About a, a week or two ago, unless this is a newer one, um, it's uh, it's it's pretty good. It's actually, it's it's kind of funny um, in the sense that she, you know, she's she's never afraid to, uh, you know, show her blemishes on track. You know, she's telling you like, you know, you got to be, um, 
you know, careful with how wide the car is and, you know, going too wide through some of the corners and, um, you know, she'd, uh, hit one of the bollards cause she'd kind of forgot how wide the car is. And, um, I mean, she's always really interesting in her videos, explaining everything that she's doing. Um, you know, when she messes up, when she, when she's uh, victorious through, you know, various aspects of the race and stuff like that. But, uh, from what I'd watched of this, um, I think I watched most of it really, uh, some good tips and, and tricks and it's a good eye opener into, into that series. If you're a newcomer, uh, interested, uh, in racing this. What's unique about this is it's not Annie's video. It's our snail racing. It's actually iRacing posted this. Um, so it went to a much larger audience, obviously. So I think it's really cool that iRacing is, uh, you know, partnered up with her to have her put content out or, you know, put together content on their behalf. Um, that's great. I mean, she's so new to iRacing too. And, to, and now she's already got this huge following on her Twitch and, um, all these community, different things she does. And now she's doing iRacing videos. That's great. She has come a long way. She's not, I wouldn't call a, I guess a year is new compared to say like 10 years, but, um, she's been around for over a year now. And what would be really neat with the greatest opportunity of, of following her is you should go back now and watch one of her first videos in in the rookie road cars compared to what she's doing now. And, you know, this has been our chance to get to see somebody start from scratch all all the way at the beginning and come through, and it's been exciting. And now she's a full on partner at Twitch, and uh, it's probably actually bringing in some income through iRacing. Now, the watching this video with the way she's it's being promoted through iRacing, do you think this opens up the opportunity, like? what she's doing here do you think they could get other influencers to um you know to talk about series like the, you know we have those guides and things like that for the cars but we don't have anything that kind of promotes series this way and having videos like this might you know whenever i watch some of these videos and uh, that talk about stuff it kind of gets you amped up to try and you know go and race some of these events do you think maybe right having more of these videos around would get more people interested in some of these series because instead of just looking at a picture and a track and understanding it, maybe seeing this uh, and seeing what all the series is about and giving a talk about it might track more people to it. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't even even thought about the VRS GT three sprint series until I watched this and I'm like, Hmm, maybe this would be good for me. I mean, I like the short road course races um, like the Ferrari GT challenge, uh, so after seeing this, I'm like, maybe I'll get involved. So I think it absolutely does work. And, you know, obviously Annie's a woman and you brings in that whole diversity thing. Can we bring some diversity to iRacing, uh, get some more females involved? I think it's great. Now, David, do you know what that overlay that she's using on that is from? Uh, I would have to take a look. I have not gotten to watch this video yet. I just, I'll, I'll take a look I, real quick. I saw I saw the same thing on Anthony Alfredo's stream, and I I can't figure out which comp or which company is this uh, um, overlay is from. I tell you what, I'll just ask her. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what I was gonna. Say. The uh, throttle trace is the one you're looking at. It's pretty cool. The throttle trace, and I like the thing that she's got in the center of the screen there, where it um, just the quick little bit of uh, information that shows up just right there. It's got all the information you need quickly for your people that are watching and. Um, it, it's really nice and it shows the gears as it's changing and everything like that too. It actually shows, I don't know if you guys notice on the one part here too, 
the <laughs> um the box for that goes over top of probably the, her her uh, relative box. It actually has a progress thing at the top that shows every car on the track and where its progress is on the lap. Did you see that? Yeah, there's all kinds of neat stuff on her stream. Yeah. All right. Next up is boy, I can't believe it's season. The Daytona 500. Tyler Hudson has posted up our schedule for the 2021 Daytona 500. Um, boy, it's regular times as usual. NIS. Um, no surprises on any of this. Uh, it's the same as usual, right? Everything looks the same as as normal. It was yeah, it was twenty five DQs last year, so everything still adds up to the same size thirty seven car fields. Um, you know, this is going to bring out big numbers for all next week. Like it, people have been itching for the Oval Series to come back and get going here, uh, the NIS series, and to start NIS with the Daytona five hundred, the biggest race of the year and the most attractive race to to start off the season. It'll be great to 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 get in there and do it. After what we saw in the 24 hours of Daytona, the amount of people that drove the largest event ever on iRacing, I think this could trump it. Do you really think we could get, you know, uh, a, a record amount of people show up? We're well, not going. We're not going to hit 11,000 people. No, it's, it's individual too, right? So there's, it's just, you know, it's just me deciding to go and race. It's not like we're, you know, we got to put team teams together and we're talking for a couple weeks trying to organize and get a whole bunch of guys together or you know it's just like oh it's ready to go here and you click on it and go and race that's there's a little bit of a difference there in, in attracting people to it right because even if you even look at it like for you guys when we were running the we're mostly strictly oval guys there's a couple of us road but you know most of the team ran a road event there so that's attracting half of the team and in, into a road race that wasn't there. So if you imagine how much other people gets attracted to the, the 24 hours uh, of Daytona, I, I just don't see pulling the road guys the same way. That in worldwide road racing is still bigger than oval. Oval is, a, is kind of our American thing and it spreads some, but, but IMSA sometimes is drawing three or 400 people just for a, the every two hour race. Whereas that's what we're struggling to get for the NIS races, right? Towards the end of the season. So road's still a, a, a bigger overall participation, I think. The Friday night one, and what do you think? The Friday night one will be the big one and possibly the, uh, maybe maybe the Sunday morning, but not, but I think the Friday night one will be the, the big numbers. I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase and I'll say this will be the largest oval event ever. Yeah, probably. It, I, it could probably triple the numbers just like the 24 did as far as number of splits. And we're all so will it running go it. off without a hitch will be the question, or will it be delayed four and a half hours? Or Well, I think the thing that's different here too, Mike, is you're not entering a team in, uh, like what I was saying again, either. You're individually clicking to enter at a different time. That all, It's not everybody entering right at the same time. It's, you got to, over the next, over a half hour or so, people are going to click the join button and there's also, you know, multiple events during the week to do it. I'm going to guess there's going to be about 900 registered. The first event at, of the Daytona 24, the, the earlier time zone went off fine and they had, they had about 3000 sign up. Right. So it, it should go fine. 
Yeah, you're, you're spreading people out between four different time slots too. Like the Daytona 400, everybody was starting either either Friday night or Saturday morning, and most of them were Saturday morning. So I, I don't I don't see any problems, but you never know. Um, but I, I think it's a little bit different than the 24 was. Um, but I do expect a lot of people to show up. I think Mike's right. This might be the biggest uh, biggest oval event that they've had. The nerves are shutting in about, are we going to have a set that's going to be capable? Have any of you guys tried the new um, iRacing uh, setups that they put out that are supposed to be top split competitive? Nope, but I will this year. <laughs> <laughs> so that that throws a whole new uh, whole new wrench into things, right? Um, well, it's it's another another way to get setups that slightly are top top split, but yeah, yeah. but you Doesn't know who everybody... the source of that set is? Those sets are right. No, nah, no, nah, I forgot. It's basically Tanner, Tanner McCullough, okay. who was providing free sets. Well, now he's getting paid by iRacing to provide them. Doesn't everyone claim that there's those top split setups when they make them? Oh yeah, well, any, anybody who's charging for them, I'm guarantee they're they're advertising it like that. Well, I can see us as a group grabbing Tanner set, the iRacing set, and using that as one of those baseline startup sets that we start with to figure out which one are we going to use. I'm sure we'll have options coming in on Monday and Tuesday next week, and go from there, right? Well, that's kind of yeah. how we roll. We just wait till the day before and figure it out. <laughs> yes, that is how y'all roll. I was going to say, <laughs> is the A car at Daytona next week as well? well? Yeah, not necessarily. They we never, they Monday never night. don't, they never don't match it unless it's an off week. A car always matches NIS unless it's an off week for NIS. I really so, think we, uh, I'm going to try to run the Monday night before the Wednesday 500 just to get a warm-up. I haven't been in a stock car in a while. <laughs> I've been running the Winter Series, but I haven't been working on the setups. So, uh, Mike, a few weeks ago, you had mentioned uh, possibly thinking about doing the fixed races this year. Is that something you were still thinking about? Yeah. Um, teammate Steve Lou Allen is definitely going to run fixed um, for the season. Um, he talked me into running at least one a week with him. So I'm going to run Sunday nights, basically, uh, will be the my time frame to run the fix. But, yeah, based on the, the sets are better and they're not going to be all tight as tight, uh, I think that's pretty much why I kind of gave up on it last year is it's so freaking tight all the time. And uh, But, yeah, I think they got something different going on with Tanner now. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. Cool. I'm, I'm actually thinking about doing a fixed setup as well. Um, so Sunday night would actually work for me. So maybe I can hop in with you guys and, you know, we can walk through it together. All right. Let's so, Mike, so um, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Dave. I was going to say, Mike, how's the weather over there in Arizona? You've been getting a lot of rain lately? No. Well, we got another rain poll from uh, out on the forums. Yeah, it's showing about 64% in favor, 25%. And there's some funny replies as well. I was going to say, if they keep going uh, after this, these polls to try and get the rain, do you think that, I think they need to get the dynamic track back before you can actually decide to uh, add rain to it? Because, you know, they kind of work hand in hand together. For sure, uh, because that's one of the things that happens with rain is when, when it's wet you're looking for the 
un you're wanting to run off groove right you lead you, you want to get away from the rubber and onto a more porous surface to drive on is from from what you know the experts drive i guess it's a, just spe- yeah especially as it's transitioning how would it work with official i mean like like for example would you have rain in in a in official racing and and so like one day there's no rain but the next day there is and this guy couldn't run the day before he could only run the day there was rain and so he didn't run well because of it and he's he's got his he's mad and i mean there's all kinds of things like that no but what if they do it like actually how the ni or nascar does it so in the nis series when you're at an oval and it rains and you know the race just gets postponed or rained out do you just go home you don't get to race that race that day it's just decided that it's over. Well, I know you're joking, but it would be rather stupid to have rain involved in in the uh, in the ovals at all. Agree. I, I don't think you do it at all in ovals. You just ignore it, and then I was just trying to be tongue in cheek there. Yeah. By the way, I do have a, uh, a follow up on our previous question I asked over in Annie's Discord uh, about the overlay. Just to drop this in real quick, and it's Race Labs is actually what it is. Cool. I've installed that actually over here and I have been kind of picking at it, but I haven't really figured it out. I'll have to look into that. So you guys have the updated uh, poll results, whether we should have uh, rain and I racing. Well, like yeah, I said at the beginning, this one's about 64% in favor, but yeah. I, I, I bet you, if you change that poll to get dynamic track first, it would drastically change those results. Now think, think about this. We spent all this time last last week talking about the day, uh, 24 hours of Daytona. Imagine throwing rain into that at some point during the night or during the day or something. Like, could you imagine all these different things getting thrown at you? You know, one guy has to deal with rain in his stint, and then some. The next guy's in a track drying up or whatever. That would be so. Like to me, that would just like with the GT. That'd be awesome. The GTE series, like anything with like the GT cars and the the LMPs and stuff like that. Like, I think that would be so much fun too. And then you, that would mean they would have to start giving you choices. You would be able to, you know, get a choice to go to slicks at a certain time over rain tires. Right. Well, that's the thing, a drying track, it leads to strategy. When do you get dries? Um, do you get them before the other guys or after and which way is faster? That's, I love that kind of stuff in road racing that I just eat that up. Um, I could also see, Oh boy, it's starting to rain. I need to get out of the car and get my ringer in the car instead, who, who's better at rain driving. And I could see driver changes because of it. So you got to come and get tires, anyways, right? It'll be an exciting audition, but get dynamic track first and maybe the damage model for ovals. I would be guessing this is, this is still probably a couple, at least a year to a couple years out. Like they got a lot to work on still before they get to that point. Ouch, you mentioned damage model for the A car. That was a long time ago that they put that out and took it away. Oh, that was a, a long time ago. It was I, a year ago. They're right. not Mike, I don't know if they're going you're going to see it on on these cars because they're going to be useless in a year anyways. So they Maybe might as well just de- yeah. they, they they might as well just develop it with the next car and cuz these cars are just going to get archived anyways and you know, where where do they use them? Everybody likes the non-restrictor plate cars and, you know, the higher horsepower ones. These these kind of are going to get lost oh, yeah. as soon as the new ones come out, right? Yeah, nobody will touch them. 
Yeah, and and they were probably under the impression that the car was going to start this year when uh, when they were working on that, it's like it True. was planned before everything happened. So yeah, I mean we got a big year of announcements oval wise uh, with you know they've done a couple schedule change stuff for this year. Imagine what next year is going to be like when they have a new car coming out, the new the way the cars are going to look for the new manufacturers and all that. There's a lot of exciting oval content that's going to have to, you know, season one come like come late next year into season one uh, for to race at Daytona, and you know I look forward to it because I I really want to see what this new car is going to be like for uh, for NASCAR. I don't. I hope we don't have to wait that long. Why, you know, can we get the new car before the Daytona 500? Why not? I just have a feeling they're just going to hold it until they absolutely have to let, you know, let us race with it. So, David, I, I know maybe you can help me with this one, understanding this more. So, according to uh, racers.com, IMSA is going to be replacing the the GTLM class with the GT, a GTD Pro class in 2022. Um, and this was just an, uh, a thing that was posted in the forums asking, you know, how is iRacing going to respond to it? Like what's David, do you, do you, I, I'm not totally familiar with the difference between the GT, uh, uh Lamar to the GTED, what it is like. Well, I can't really tell you how iRacing is going to respond to it. They probably don't even know themselves yet. But um, right now, GT Le Mans or is the GTE class, essentially. It's uh, got more horsepower, more downforce, and no anti-lock brakes, right? Whereas the GTD is the GT3. It has the anti-lock brakes, a little bit less horsepower, a little bit easier to drive. However, in the Daytona 24, the real-life one, there were six Le Mans class cars. It's it's the most popular class in iRacing. It's the least popular class in IMSA. Uh, so I, what are they going to do? I don't know. The, what's going to happen in real life is the GTD and the GT Pro class. I'm, I mean, I'm getting my abbreviations mixed up. But uh, yeah, the GTD Pro. Basically, the only difference in, in those cars is going to be GTD Pro is going to be factory supported. GTE or no, GT3. And it's going to be an amateur class, and it's going to be there's going to be probably restrictions on what class your driver can be. IMSA drivers have a, have a four class system, kind of like the majors uses, where you've got platinum, gold, silver, and and bronze. And so there's probably a limit on on a gold or, or platinum driver being able to drive a GT3 class. Uh, how are they, how, what's that going to do to IMSA? I don't know. It depends on if they want to keep it the way it is with with all these really fun to drive and popular gt3 or gte cars or if they're going to pull them out uh because they're still they'll still be running over on the euro series side there's no gt3 in euro series but um so can't tell you what they're going to do but that's the details of what's happening in real life the the thing is is like with a change like this if they're going to change the car that's that's a big move to change a whole class right like you're saying you go we got a fun class right now and uh, of cars that are really popular, if you're going to go and change, a whole, it's basically creating a whole new series or a whole new section to a series. Yeah, and I don't know that I would be too excited about uh, having two GT3 classes that ha- race separately in in the uh, on the online series because you're not. How do you accommodate for factory support versus non-factory support in 
the server, right? Yeah, you just so, ignore it. So it would be it would be horrendous to to have somebody running the GTE D and somebody else running the GT Pro in sim, and they basically have the same car and they're racing each other for position getting in each other's way instead of it, instead of one class being clearly superior enough. That's why nobody liked to drive the old C7 because it just wasn't faster enough than the GTE and a low I rating G- C7 was more of a chicane for a fast GTE car. That's a tongue twister. Okay. So now, so now we're going on to another different uh, topic here with things changing. Hey, eh, David. Yeah. No more Le Mans. Okay, is this the one that we talked about? Oh, yeah, it's just a motorsports games and automotive club have signed a 10-year exclusive license agreement. Um, So essentially, they're doing their own sim, right? Kind of like, is it Trans Am that does one now and F1? Um, I speculate that we'll still have Le Mans. It's a really popular series in iRacing. And the series... That the WEC series does not own the cars or the content; those belong to the manufacturers. So, iRacing can still make deals with the manufacturers, whether whether WEC wants them to or not. And it's really not going to change Le Mans either. They're just gonna they could just run it still. Uh, they just have to change the name. If if anything, they're just gonna make sure they're not infringing on uh, name properties, right? I don't think they have to change the name of the track. But no, but that, I'm just talking yeah. like a sponsor, right? Well, that's why they changed the series. I mean, you, they probably knew this was a, already coming, right? Before this was announced, iRacing probably already knew because it's no longer called the Le Mans series. It's called the Euro series. Probably got a cease and desist, you know. The lawyers uh, contact them. But we have another story later in the show about the 24-hour of Le Mans as far as iRacing goes, but... Um, this definitely puts a wrinkle in it. I don't like these exclusives. I mean, is it fair that, you know, we can only have a 24-hour of Le Mans on one platform? Well, you know, that's uh, licensing and exclusivity is, is that's part of business. But they they can't make the cars exclusive. They can only make the series exclusive. So is it going to hurt iRacing? Uh, I don't think so. See, I equate this to... Um, what happened, I'll go to my gaming background, but MLB The Show was a, an exclusive for a PlayStation, right? Uh, they've got the exclusive with MLB to produce the game over the years, so there was never any MLB uh, baseball games for the Xbox or any other consoles. But eventually, MLB stepped in and, and said, you know what, we need to get some more revenue or get out to a, b- a bigger fan base. So now, even though it's produced by PlayStation and, and, and marketed that way, Xbox is now getting the MLB show uh, to to get it. So like something like this, it's, it's one thing. It's weird that they said, signed a 10-year contract, but sometimes things change where if it's not working and, and they need to get a, a, a different dynamic in it, they, they, they'll change it. Yeah. Who was it? Which company that we were talking about that was stuck in a bad 10 year contract earlier? It was, it was uh, brought up in the chat. Disney, Disney signed a 10 year contract with star Wars or with EA to make star Wars games. And I think there's only been in, in the eight years that star Wars has 
been licensed under them. They've had like two or three games that have actually come out and only a couple, one or one of them was probably the only good one. Like it's, it's such a hard franchise uh, to please. And, and EA has been taking so much heat for, for that license. And now that uh, Dis- it's coming up in a couple of years here, uh, Disney's moved on to be working with some other studios still with EA, but they are working with some other st- studios to produce video games for the star Wars franchise. Well, you know, the online world is changing so fast. Uh, I would venture to bet this might not be the smartest move for a WEC, but only time will tell. Now, I'm going to jump ahead to a, a story further down. It's the 2021 special events calendar. Uh, Greg West posted up uh, the completion of that um, here uh, today, I think it was. And uh, at the and 24 Hour Le Mans is not in the list, but at the bottom of the list, there's an asterisk. It says, we are looking to add an additional uh, endurance event in France at some point in 2021. And, oh, yes. <laughs> and some of the discussion is uh, in the thread uh, below what Greg posted was, uh, hey, let's let's just run it, but let's call it a different name. You know, let's not call it the 24 hour of Le Mans. Why don't they just do the 24 hour race in France or something like that? Like it doesn't really, nobody cares about the name. Everybody just wants to race the event. Yeah, it sounds like they might be looking at creative ways to to hold that event, right? Without without uh, breaking any uh, any contracts or anything. Well, having lawyers come after them. Daniel Avery posted that um, on the Lamal website. Um, it says, "quote Video games that feature the Circuit de Twenty Four Hours of the Ball." under ACO license do not have the right to invite sim racers to take part in or give the impression that they are the organizer of a virtual 24 hour of Le Mans. Sounds like it's going to be an interesting cause what I'm wondering if they're going to have to update the like things on that track. Cause they're going to have, there's things all over that track to say 24 hours of Le Mans and stuff in the sim here. So do you think they're going to have to update, billboards and things on that track just to be compliant even if they do that even if they change the name and they still run it i could see the lama lawyers taking this up uh, you know based on what i just read um it pretty much says you know you're not allowed to have any kind of in, anything that resembles a 24 hour of lama well let's well, make just, it the, just make it the 23 hour well, I was going to say, just add a, you know, a five-hour layover, call it 29-hour. <laughs> oh, you already do that. <laughs> is, is there a, is that too soon, Tony, or are we just, I don't know, maybe it isn't too soon. No, that's anymore. perfectly, perfect timing. Yeah, and so that's what Greg Hubler put up here. He said, no problem at all. Call it the iRacing 29 hours of that circuit in France. The first five hours can be registration, warm-up, and qualifying. So the first four of those hours is registration, and then the last hours qualifying and practice. Just have a actually have a two hour open qualify session. So, is anyone familiar with uh, this company's history as far as making racing games? Is it they did the NASCAR Heat? Okay. Is this the is this the new like is this the this is NASCAR Heat the original Heat people that yeah when they were not the the newer one. Uh, they were the ones that were taking on Papyrus back in the day. They had a they they had exclusivity to NASCAR, didn't they? And that's what part of the reason why Papyrus bailed out. 
Well, Papyrus, there was a point where Papyrus didn't have the right to the manufacturers of the cards and anything to do with uh, brands on. Like, I, I think there was no logos or if I if I remember correctly, the, the cars were just generic cars, and then the tracks. I think they just had their names for Papyrus. But you're right, Heat had all the manufacturers and all the stuff for for a year or two there. Uh, exclusivity. One guy says, "Hey, let's run the track backwards." Well, that would be. I, I don't know. That would be an interesting. And I'm assuming, I'm assuming they can't control hosted sessions, right? I mean, they're taking liabilities for still having the content, right? Like what I was even getting at there too is they're going to have to, even with what it sounds like here, they might have to do some updates to the track and take some logos off anything that says. 24 hours or whatever uh, has got to disappear from the actual content here that we have if this stuff's true, right? It'll be interesting to see how this shakes out and what the lawyers say and if we can actually race it. it I, I can imagine our drivers are not going to be happy if we don't have this event. Yeah, that's. I didn't realize it was off the schedule. It was a little bit of a surprise to me. So it's gonna, that's going to suck. So let's finish talking about the rest of the schedule. I mean, what what else do you guys see there uh, you like? I know I know it's not in France, but they still have the, the Petit Le Mans, right? Yep, it's there. October 1 through 3. It's, uh, like, David, you were talking about the Bathurst to, to us, to me, a couple minutes ago. That's the next endurance uh, race that's coming up on, uh, on this schedule, too. Yeah, that's the GT3. It's a 12-hour race. Yeah. And then there's also the 1,000. And uh, you, you cracked a joke on me last time that I don't like Bathurst. It's not true. It's, I don't like the supercar at, at Bathurst. Maybe I can. Or not maybe the supercar. Maybe I'm, I'll I'm like pretty good the, in a GT. What car, what car are we going to run in the GT3? No idea yet. Then you have Sebring, and then you have Throwback Cup at North Wilkesboro, April 11th, the 87 cars. That's going to be fun. I'm definitely doing that. I think we should take on the Durberg 24, David. Uh, no. Then you have, uh, after Nürburgring, fixed Indy 500, and, uh, uh, May 14th through 16th, and then the week after, the opened Indy 500. I like how they're doing that for the... They did that last year, too, didn't they? So yeah. to have, having the back-to-back weeks there is it's actually pretty exciting to have those two things. And then, and then to throw the Coke 600, like three weeks in a row you got big long special events just to have you know celebrate and have some fun the new car the iro1's got an event at hockingheim and, and that spa obviously that tells you when they're hoping to have hockingheim ready for oh that's not released yet right yeah that's the one that they got they paid for the scan of the track yeah. now here, here is a new one the gt3 cars are going doing a 10 hours at suzuka that one will be fun i like that track that that's a good track. That'll be a good one. That'll be a good race. I do like the uh, you know David the Bathurst one thousand there. That uh, we're gonna try again. Yeah, we'll try it again. But you're starting. <laughs> hey guys, have they done the Watkins Glen six hundred race before? Is that something that they've been doing before already? They have, but they skipped a year, I think, and so now it's back. Yeah, they didn't have it last year. This year they do. And that's a multi uh, a multiple driver. Uh, Yep. Yeah, it'll Crazy. be it's team and it's IMSA cars. Mike, there's yeah. the one for you on here, the uh, Throwback Cup at Northworks World. 
Yeah, definitely going to run that. Greg, we already discussed that. Did I miss it? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you missed it. You, you, what are you doing? Producing or something? No. Just sit no. They left the, uh, they, they put on the NASCAR finale at Phoenix, November 3rd through the 5th. So I imagine that's one of the full length races. So that's why it's on here. Yeah, it's Daytona, Coke, Phoenix, and Darlington are the full length races for NIS this year. Uh, Darlington, full race. Darlington. <laughs> Darlington. Disaster. It's, such a, <laughs> it's such a painful race. How about, um, they also have, um, the Knoxville Nationals for the uh, 410 wing sprint cars. That's a big race. Um, and another thing that's interesting is they have, uh, in November, they have the Winter Derby in the Super Late Models. Now, I'm assuming that's the Snowball snowball Derby, right? I'm surprised that they can't use that name. Probably the same problem. Use Chili Bowl on the next one. Did they run a Chili Bowl this year? Yeah. Yeah, it was before the New Year, so it was... Um, oh, okay. Yeah. It's not on the schedule. All right. So let's get back on track here. Uh, the next one was. It's a wheel that we talked about last week, actually, in the hardware section. And Brian's going to tell us who bought one. Yeah, um, we did review this. It was the GSI wheel, which is. Um, uh, I remember when we reviewed that last week, the company uh, GSI it was uh, saying how that. Yeah, we we have. A, we're really happy with how many pro drivers are using our wheel. Well, uh, uh well, former IRL uh, driver Tony Kanan, he uh, he's bought one. He picture he's he showed a picture of his on Twitter. It's a uh, it's the GXL Pro Blackout Edition, and it's even got a special uh, Tony Kanan logo on it. And uh, yeah, and uh, he, that's actually his fourth GSI wheel. So he's actually got four of them. I guess he bought so many they made a special edition just for him. But uh, yeah, so uh, we thought that. So we we looked at last last week was a, a really nice looking wheel, and I really like this blackout edition too. It's really nice to look at visually. Just even um, obviously in VR, you lose all the, the 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 stick like the stickers and and the logos for what you got on here. But in when you're running a monitor display, you got all your buttons here, and they all have you know I don't know if this is how he's got it set up or whatever, but you know there they tells you where the reset button is, the volumes. Um, previous and next for scrolling on stuff, bunch of option, but like it's, it's actually a really nice wheel to, uh, to visually look at. So I guess this one came without the display. They both. There's one with okay. display and one without. So any VR user would probably want this version. And it's got the buttons. Like I, I love the layout where all the buttons are right at the where your your hands are holding it, and then they just use the center for the knobs to, you know. In, in a in a great pattern to to be able to know which ones for what if you're looking at it. And I don't know if we couldn't see it on the shots from last time, but this time I can see that there's there's four clutch there's four paddles. So it's going to have the uh, mobile it's going to have the dual clutch option so that you can do well on standing starts. I was going to say it also maybe makes the possibility of for disabilities too, right? So you can use a you know a throttle and a brake. Yep, you can. In, I know on the the formula wheel, you can actually choose that as an option where one is set as throttle and one is set as brake. Um, but I know the guy we talked about last week, he prefers to have both of them be throttle because he he wants to switch back and forth depending on which way he's turning the wheel. That looks like iRacing's got its own wiki page now, and it's uh, 
got to imagine this thing's pretty new and I haven't heard about it. And it's, uh, it's already pretty darn robust. Lots of options there. 1,700 pages so far. Yeah, that's a couple. So this is um, your typical wiki fan-made database. So um, it's editable by uh, the, the actual users, which is um, always seems to me kind of interesting, um, you know, that just anybody can make edits to it and, you know, maybe not checked up on whether how accurate some of the uh, posts or changes are. It, it, it has a tire model history tab iracing.fandom.com is the website now the coolest thing i saw i went digging in this was somebody made a list of upcoming tracks uh that are on the way and i'm going to read them off because i i kind of lost track of which ones are coming bellevue high bank speedway fairgrounds bellevue bristol dirt Federal Auto Parts Raceway at I-55, Hickory Motor Speedway, Hockenheim Ring, Hungara Ring, Kern County Raceway Park, Knock Hill Racing Circuit, Lucas Oil Speedway, Nashville Super Speedway, Rallycross Cataluna, Rallycross Knock Hill, and Red Bull Ring. Some of those are new to, like, the rally ones. We didn't hear about... Uh... I, I think, think I've heard, heard of those. Of, what about the Catalina one? I don't remember them doing. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. Uh, but man, there's a wealth of knowledge here, guys. Uh, they have so much stuff. Um, definitely worth checking out if you're bored. And with that, we're on podcast housekeeping notes. Don't forget the aftermath, uh, a separate podcast, Tony and Tony and Chris do. Um, you need to subscribe to that separately. Um don't forget, we're on the Performance Motorsports Network. You can check us out over there. And don't forget our new website, too. We've worked real hard on that to provide great visuals for you to look at while you're listening to the podcast. It works great on a cell phone, guys. It really is uh, easy to read. Check it out. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. Hardware, software. First up, Fanatec has unveiled their new CSL Universal Hub for 182 bucks, And I don't know. I kind of look at it. I was like, oh, I think now I get what. I don't even really know what the heck I'm looking at here. Is it a steering wheel or do you attach a steering wheel to it? I see a bunch of holes in the middle. Yeah, you attach a steering Any steering wheel can go on it. Tony would like any bolt pattern. So it's basically... It's adding buttons and the paddles to the center part that attaches to the direct drive rims and and any of the bases, and you just add a as add a wheel or rim to the to it uh, to to go with it. It's kind of it, it kind of reminds me of like a, it's a cheaper version of them getting rid of their Xbox hub. They're like I, I think Mike, you and I have that hub. I think Tony it's a piece has of it. crap too. <laughs> you haven't had any luck with it. I haven't had any problems, but. Um, it's it's a different option, I guess, for the for people to buy for a, a universal hub. And it's more needed if you buy something that's literally like just an oval rim that doesn't have its own buttons included, right? It gives you gives you ability to have some some push to talk buttons on there, and or even paddles if you need them. If it didn't come with paddles, I was yeah, a little confused got- about the CSL branding of it. I was thinking, okay, does this only work on CSL bases? But no, actually, it works on the podium bases as well. 
I think, do you think they're using the CSL name? Because obviously the CL, CSL series goes with a lower tier lower series, price, right? Yeah. It's a lower price. Yeah. It's kind of just directs your eyes. So when you're, you know, you're searching through reels and steering at, you know, things that are attachments. Oh, you see CSL, you can kind of, oh, I'm going to buy a CSL base. What can I get with it? Right. Yeah, that's I think I think you're dead on with that, Craig. It looks like just a um, a lesser expensive version of the Universal Hub they have, the Xbox version. Um, it's got the bolt patterns for multiple different wheels, so you can use um, outside wheels to 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 run with that uh, Universal Hub. You don't have to use necessarily the Fanatec wheels. Um, so yeah, so I think it's just a, a lesser entry level option, if you will, for their. Um, universal hub system so you can add those shifters and buttons to uh either oval rims without buttons on them or or you know a third party wheel yeah i'm just showing on the stream here the xbox version of it is just it's just a hub attachment that you can so if you just want the hub and you want to buy multiple rims you just need one hub and you can have i have like two different rims that i can hook attach to this hub so it's just it's just another option instead of their xbox one if I was starting over and buying a DD1 today and a wheel and a hub, I'd buy this hub all day long over the four, the other one that costs twice as much, um, knowing what I know about it. But, yeah, I mean, why pay extra? Let's pay the 150 just so you have a, a way to mount the wheel to the base. Um, that's all you need. Well, and the other thing is, is if you look at it, Mike, they've learned a little bit from the Xbox. It's, it's kind of like when they upgraded the McLaren GT3 rim. Um, you know, they've learned from their mistakes in the past too. So I don't know if other people have had the same problems you've had with your hub. I've had the odd issue with mine, but not as bad as yours has been. Well, I'm not going wood while I'm talking about it because uh, I do have that same universal hub with the NASCAR rim like you have, Greg. And uh, I have not... You heard that I have not had any problems with mine up to this point. Um, although, um, I don't know about you, Greg, but do you have any issues trying to reach the buttons with your fingers, with your thumbs and stuff? Because I had that problem and I remounted mine actually through one of the holes in the rim itself and didn't use that little uh, the bracket that it comes with. I, I've just left it as the normal hub. I've switched, I've put the shifter paddles. Because I normally use, actually use the in the oval racing. I use the, the, you know, I'm I'm gonna switch this year because I've had problems with the the Fanatec shifter. We're, this is so endorsing for Fanatec right now, but Fanatec shifter who has that has the miss shifts. Um, I'm gonna switch it to sequential this year. I don't use the paddles. Um, I only use the paddles on my steering wheel for for push to talk. So one for in race and one for actual racing so or like our team speak so the paddles i've switched backwards so that i can reach them easier but you're right with the oval rim it is not very these universe i don't know if this hub here would be a lot different with the oval rim but the xbox one doesn't really work with the the deep dish of the oval rim but if you've you've taken the push to talk button and moved it it's kind of a, a nicer way to do it i guess i know a lot of people that i've seen with the oval rim go and buy a push to talk button yeah the paddles are far away on mine i really and i have big hands and i really have to reach for it and touch you know get it with the tip of my finger yeah i agree and um you know with uh nascar next year going to sequential shifters you know um i'm not sure how 
you know, the paddle shifter with, on that NASCAR hub is really difficult to reach. Um, and you're talking a six gear transmission too. So you're going to be shifting even more than you are right now. So I haven't decided how I'm going to work that in uh, to next year's cars. Have they, I know they've, we've, we've been talking about it being a six speed, but I know some of the videos only showed a five speed for certain things. And theirs is an actual sh- sequential down in like the, 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 where the actual gear shifters still was still located. So I don't think they're, they're obviously not on this version yet going to paddle shifting. Well, there's sometimes even in the Indy cars when you really only use five gears and the six gears just for like when you're in the draft and overtaking things like that. Yeah. Or overtaking. Good so, point. I mean, if you're out there on the track by yourself, you'll never touch the six gear, right? It depends on the track, and it's it's really just going to depend on how the car behaves, right? But there, there are some situations where it, it, a car that has six gears uh, doesn't use all six gears, depending on the track you're at, especially on shorter tracks. I, I don't imagine you're going to be shifting in and out of si- all the way up into sixth gear at, at Martinsville. That's the movie gear. Yeah, I was going to say up and down, up and down, up and down. <laughs> the Vin Diesel class of shifting. Uh, let's go on to speaking of shifting gears. What a good transition here. We're going to go to an actual rig review that's in a rig. So <laughs> uh, Kyle Robinson is a truck driver from Texas, and he set up his uh, rig in his passenger seat of his transport truck. And he's just asking if there's any other trucks uh, truckers out there with this type of setup. And I think we've had a couple stories before about truck drivers doing this um obviously i drive a truck for a living but i don't drive a highway truck to want to need to race i racing when i'm not doing anything but man things that guys will do to just uh get their craving on when they're in their downtime i wonder if he plays that truck sim was it american sim trucker while he's on while he's on break well i've always had that people have asked me it's like you drive all day and then you come home and you go and sit in your rig at home and go and drive more like why <laughs> why do you do it it's it, it's different right it, it, but I, I get what you're saying imagine it's like a pilot you know do they get in their flight sim after they get home and go play flat flying well I'm, i'll make a little personal knife analogy i recently bought a new vehicle right and i actually got an suv and i've always loved sports cars but i get enough sports car in the sim that I needed the SUV so I can look my drum set around a lot easier. So I'm going to describe what this looks like. And so it's the passenger seat where he has it set up, not the driver's seat of the rig. And he's got a box to the left of the seat where a computer is sitting in a desktop computer. He's got the keyboard and mouse on top of the computer, Logitech headphones uh, off to the side. Looks like a, a, uh, maybe a CSL wheel or maybe a Thrustmaster wheel. Um, and then maybe like a 24 inch monitor, a single monitor. Now it looks like everything stays in place except for maybe the monitor. And he just puts that up when he needs to race and everything else is ready to go. I think the thing that helps him on this truck, if I, I'm looking here, it's also an automatic so he can mount a lot or put some of the stuff in the center there. If you had a gear shift there, it kind of would take some of the room up for what he's got here, but he's got a lot of, it's just nice to, you know, he's, uh, he's obviously got the windows covered up and everything too, so that he can, well, he's racing. He doesn't have the actual 
stuff on the other side of the screen bothering him too. And maybe anybody looking in at him and see what he's doing, but uh, that's probably great, more great. what it's about. <laughs> it's an awesome, it's an awesome setup too, but uh, he's got the old bungee cord holding the uh, CPU to the seat. And what about internet? Um, I don't think there's any word about how he gets his internet, but wouldn't it be he's, a hotspot? He's probably at a, probably at a, um, truck stop or something. <laughs> yeah. Truck stop. Just tapping into their Wi-Fi. He'd have to be like, I always found like you'd have to be closer to the, uh, try and park as close as you can to where the signal's coming from because sometimes those signals for the Wi-Fi way out there is uh, could be a could be a pain. Obviously, uh, is he racing or is he just practicing kind of thing? It would be interesting to see if he actually gets some racing done while he's doing this. Well, if you have a strong signal, how good are the pings with uh, 4G? Well, uh, in the thread, uh, there is a reply from Marvin Turnmeyer Jr., and we've talked about him before. He was the original truck driver who was using his uh, mobile hotspot to race while he was uh, over doing over the road trucking. And uh, he said he's been doing it that way since 2010. Well, 4G is pretty fast. As long as you're, you know, as long as you're within range of a tower where you're not dropping packets a lot. Yeah. Even uh, Greg West uh, commented in that thread saying that it was pretty cool. It gets pretty uh, boring. Uh, I've done, I did long haul for a year. It gets pretty boring when you're sitting at a truck stop and, you don't really have much to do. Um, so if you could pass time doing this, why not? Yeah, and I, I think I told you all guys before that that's what I race on. I race on a hotspot. I don't have internet, um, any kind of uh, fiber optic or anything at my house here. So everything I race on is uh, through a hotspot. And uh, there's a tower that's real close to my house. And uh, the traffic's real low because it's very rural. So, um, yeah, I usually don't have too much trouble with it. Do you run out of gigabytes, or how much do you use a month? Um, it's I'm on an unlimited plan, um, and uh, man, you, you know we use it for streaming and everything. We're we're hitting around three, four, five hundred sometimes gigabytes a month. And you're not throttled after a certain part. Uh, yeah, like after twenty two gigs, we're throttled, but it's based on consumption in the area we're at. Uh-huh. So because it's so rural, you know, a lot of not a lot of people are on that. So. Um, um, so yeah, it doesn't really make a difference after the throttling kicks in. Mike, Mike, it's not the uh, it's not the uh, internet companies or the uh, the hotspot that's after uh, Brian. It's the uh, electricity bills for to run his rig. <laughs> so moving on. Uh, so with that, uh, our next one came in with uh, uh, from a listener, Eric Whiting, who's actually a, a fellow driver in the OBRL, and uh, Eric's a good dude. He's a good driver too, so uh, it's, we're happy to hear from Eric. He sent in a suggestion from Rig Metal Sim Cockpit. Um, so Rig Metal Sims are eighty uh, twenty cockpits. Um, they're running at three hundred forty nine dollars. Wow! It's a, you know, it's a aluminum frame eighty um, twenty system, which is um, very respectable price wise. Um, wow! I'm looking at it. Yeah, it's it's not bad looking. It's not super heavy duty like some of the eighty twenties are. But um, yeah, for an entry level thing, if you're not going crazy with a lot of accessories, this looks like a, a really good, uh, really good offering from Rig Metal Sim Cockpit. Yeah, where you're saving is on material price because it's uh, it's only two wide uh, profile right, well, instead base. of three wide. Yeah. Exactly, like you see in some of the more expensive rigs that you'll see that triple. Uh, but yeah, still, I mean. Yeah. 
the the one I sit in is four wide on the base and three wide on the on the uh, upright. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, so it's a it's a different, definitely a uh, price uh, effective uh, entry level system. I believe it's uh, it's not bad at all. I don't think I've seen a eighty twenty style rig this cheap before. I mean, this is low price. Yeah, the picture shows what is that a semi cube um, on the uh, on the rig? It looks like so. Uh, yeah, direct drive. It, yeah, so it's set up for a direct drive. So, I mean, pretty much any eighty twenty system will will. will be okay with eighty uh, with a uh, direct drive as long as you have everything secured well. They have other versions. If you hit the home page, you can see they have a triple monitor mount, uh, two fifty nine. That one actually looks really nice. Uh, they have a single monitor mount, one hundred and fifty nine. They have a seat at one twenty five. So you can get everything you need. They have the flagship cockpit, six hundred twenty nine dollars. Now, if you look at that, it's a lot more beefier. Uh, as David was alluding to, it's a lot wider uh, ba- on the bases and, and the uprights and stuff. Yeah, that's got the triple uprights and the uh, looks like quadruple on the base too. So, yeah, they do make a little heavier, heavier duty versions. And six twenty nine for a heavy duty version—that's not bad either. Yeah, I would uh, venture to guess that when you go with the lighter weight, if you're planning on just staying stationary probably wouldn't be that much of an issue where you might really start to feel the differences if you start to get into motion rigs i would i would equate this probably just to you know kind of like an 80 20 kind of play seat like in the same kind of vein as a play seat strength wise type thing right just a different version of like having you know having an 80 20 with um a cheaper version of it Maybe I've heard some reports of a little bit too much flex in the pedals on play seats, though. Yes, that's they need to be reinforced. But uh, the other thing, Brian, I don't know if you saw this at the top of the site too. Um, they have a they only ship to the forty eight states. They're based uh, yeah. out of Seattle, Washington. Yeah, so yeah, it's a thirty dollars flat shipping rate, which, which is, isn't uh, bad. Which that's is pretty not too good. Bad. Yeah, yeah. But that's a flat rate, even if it's not far from you. Or it's yeah. across the country, right? Yeah, and it doesn't look like it matters which system you get to. If you get that beefier system, it doesn't look. There's no secondary price for the heavier rig either. Yeah, if I was buying right now, I might be looking at that um, company. I mean, especially the beefier one at six twenty nine. That's still cheaper than Sim Labs. All right, next up, a company review. We've we've covered this a long time ago, but. Somebody in Facebook, I think, said, yeah, this is still the top of the line motion. And I I have to agree. It's called the Force Dynamics 401CR, a full motion racing simulator with six DOF and 360 degree capability for realistic G-forces. This thing is, uh, the cockpit is up in the air on three hydraulic arms basically the hydraulic arms are hooked to a base that is on that rotates 360 degrees and so this thing spins and goes up and down and sideways every every direction literally um the spinning is is what really takes it to the next level where it can go for you know completely around in a circle kind of thing um, so I think that's why it's considered the best. But the website, force-dynamics.com. The vomit comment. Imagine yeah. getting a bad spinning wreck. It looks like it looks like an amusement park ride 
you know, it's a, it's it's really really interesting because um, it everything is mounted like behind you, and then just just the platform for your feet and the monitor and wheel in front of you. So um, it's almost like you're hanging over the edge. I watched the videos of this thing being in use, and it's it can be a vi pretty violent ride uh, when you're when you're racing this thing, especially when they were showing some of the uh, Pro Four uh, trophy trucks in that man. That thing was bouncing all over the place. Now, is that the PC actually mounted behind behind the wheel, or is that that something yeah, else? Yeah, I think that it marks? is. Uh, PC and monitor, everything is up on the rig. Yeah. How, so I'm guessing the power supply for the actual unit is in the center somewhere on the bottom, down in the base, around, yeah. where it spins around in, and then everything can be plugged into the actual top part, so it spins with it. Well, there's one cable running into the in running into the back of the chair. But if if the if the PC is actually mounted up on the rig, you don't have to worry about running your cables. All, all of your cables can be internal right there in the system, and all you need is the power. Yeah, that's what I'm just saying. Like it would be its own power. It's like almost like a power bar. Well, if you check the videos, um, there's a video of him on the dirt track and in i racing, and you can see there's like hoses that come up. There's two hoses that come up to the chassis that contain the cabling. Um, but they're they're kind of long and loose, so they can move about as this thing jockeys about. But man, the amount of movement is incredible. Because like your motion rig, Brian, it moves a, just a few inches right on each corner, and that's it. Um, yeah. This is like a whole other level. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I don't know if I would that would be enjoyable for a really long period of time, to be honest with you, that much movement. I mean, I'm assuming you can probably dial it back a little bit, but um, that kind of, that kind of motion uh, for a sustained period of time, I just don't know if that would be so pleasurable. You know, I, I, I don't know. You're trusting, it might be realistic. You're trusting that it's floating there, that you're, you're okay too, right? Nothing's going to fall. Like, you know, it's obviously got to be really sturdy and not come apart because that thing is throwing stuff around. So I can't find a price. So you know what that means, right? Oh, it says email if interested. It's free. Down at the bottom of the site. Brian's already sent his email. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought if it doesn't have a price, it's free. Got another motion rig. Not as expensive, but very nice looking. And it is still on the higher price. Uh, for about 11,000 euros, you can get this six direction of freedom from... Uh, PT actuator and what's interesting about this one when you take a look at it it's actually on it's got four up and down servos and then it's got two lateral servo servos and they all it, it sits on casters as well uh so you can actually get some real slip motion as it'll actually move on a on a platform so you can get some sideways yaw in the, in this particular unit which doesn't come with most motion rigs this is fascinating uh the it's got the 4D box corner style like Brian has, but then that whole platform you just described, Brian, uh, David, on the bottom with the slip angle stuff. Um, any thought, Brian, on trying to get something like that? Now, it's I know uh, some of the guys that I, I race with have the uh, have that uh, sixth degree with the all movement, and uh, it's a big project to convert. Um, a rig to uh that to to give that yaw effect um so yeah i am not interested in doing that it's just to me it's just too much too much that would be invested in, in making that one 
one extra degree of freedom. I'm, I'm happy with the four. Um, you know, there's other ways to simulate that yaw, but um, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't see that. that so if you're for me anyway, you're basically saying if you were going to go this route, you would probably be better off getting something like this. That's already built for it. Yeah, exactly. I think you're right, Dave. Um, to add, to add one to an existing platform system is, is a lot of work. Um, not just, you know, not just the money, but it's also a lot of work. So, um, like I know, uh, Peter Kopko from OBRL has done that to his rig and, uh, but you know, he, he lives for that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm not interested, for, but, uh, but if you are in, interested in a six degree freedom with that y'all, um, I think this is the way I would go a system like this where it's already built together and ready to go. Now, also on the website, I don't know if you guys noticed, our uh, the sim racing garage uh, Barry has gotten a hold of one, and they show the video on the website. Yeah, it is. It is the five direction one, though, not the six direction one. Okay, yeah, I was just trying to find out what it was. Yeah, you're right. It is the five DOF, so it's the older model, a cheaper model. And when you see Barry driving it, um, it doesn't jockey a, uh, around as much as we saw in that dirt video of the pro dirt trucks. Um, when you're on a road course, it's a little more subtle. Um, but boy, I, what a beauty, man. Uh, Barry put out this video in June. So, You guys ready to talk some results? All right. Results. What do we got? Well, not really any news in the official series. I didn't snag any wins this week. What? You win every week, I thought. No. But uh, we did get to run uh, the Winter Series. We finished it up this this weekend, or the, or last night, in fact. Um, and we'll, we'll jump back up, I guess, and you can talk about your hosted in a second. But you finished ahead of me, I think, for one of the first times, P14. Yeah, you got wrecked. Um, I, I did P14. I was actually dead last forever. Um, I was on a I decided to do a two-stopper when everybody else mostly did one uh, just because I knew my tires weren't going to last. The reason I was dead last is I'd ran off the tires and uh, yeah. And so, but some late cautions uh, played to my favor and uh, with some people wrecking out and different things. And I, I, I think I was as high as eighth at one point. I had a slip at, uh, and fell back to 14th, but uh, to be running top 10 in winter league near the end of the race, I was a little shocked. But Yeah, I extended some colorful language to you because you kept calling for a caution and I did not want one. And then the guy spun right in front of me and I'm pretty sure I spent so much time thinking about how I just did not want that damn caution to come out that I forgot to dodge him and I just drove right into him. Uh, and... Uh, ruin the car it ended up not making any difference point wise but i should have finished probably around 12th i i i had learned how to control take care of the tires i burned them off the first run but the second run i was doing a good job of taking care of them uh and with some of the people short pitting i was going to finish about 12th ended up 19th though and finished p5 for the season yeah and you were a little worried about uh losing p5 for the season uh to jason mains uh he was having a great run and he was actually involved in one of those cautions and that saved your day. Yeah, I don't know if, how the drop weeks would have figured in because there is one drop week. So I don't know if that that ended up being my worst finish all, all season, in fact. So I don't know. I don't know how much of that would have been a factor or not because I had a 15 point lead on him. But I, don't, I didn't know how much I was going to lose because of the drop week. What a fantastic league um, to be a part of. 
uh, Alan Pajari and Josh Campbell and those guys uh, put on a great show. Uh, a great group, too. I mean, we had the Elliot Sadler eSports guys in there, including Elliot and, and uh, Hermie, uh, you know, every week. Um, and, and some of their drivers, like Derek, Just uh, Derek Justice in there, who's a Coke driver. Uh, Christian Chowder, a bunch of staff members. Tyler Hudson occasionally. Nim was on there quite a few times. Nim Cross, right. And uh, it's fun to race those guys and see how you stack up. Uh, and obviously I was running dead last, so you can see how I stack up. Yep. It looks like you spent a lot of time playing around and hosted this week. I did. Uh, I've talked about Chris McGuire and his hosted races before. It's almost like a league, but it's not, you know, a league. He just puts up hosted events on certain nights. He runs them one after the other. And uh, I love to just jump in and, you know, for a quick race. And uh, it's, it's usually a pretty good group that goes in there. And, the, and he fills the room, too. I mean, it, it's like full. So first I ran a Michigan IndyCar, and they had no damage um, turned on. So... Uh, started P28, finished P6, and he, something he does is uh, he, push, he puts a limited amount of fuel in the tank where you have to basically do a stop to make it to the end. You have to do a, like a splash and go. And so that usually uh, provides a little bit of strategy of when do you stop? Do you stop with the group? Do you stop by yourself? And that kind of thing. The next race that night, the car of tomorrow. Uh, NASCAR at Daytona without the restrictor plate. Man, that's a blast. Uh, started P29, ended P4. And just loved getting these great runs uh, with with these guys. The next race we ran was Supercars at Michigan, the Australian Supercars, um, where the steering wheel is on the wrong side of the car. Um, again, a great run. And then one of my favorite uh, after that was Pro Mazdas at Michigan. Uh, I actually got wrecked out in that one. That was the only bad finish out of the bunch. Um, but it's real easy to get wrecked out in that one because they can go six, seven, eight wide at Michigan. And then finally, the last race of the night, about 10 o'clock or so, uh, we ran the car of tomorrow at the Coke Speedway. Well, I should say the iRacing Super Speedway. P1, I got me a win. It's been a while since I've won. And... Uh, obviously dominated at that track like I usually do. Um, it was a blast. I can't tell you how much fun that is. Then we get back into our league racing a little bit, and uh, I don't see a whole lot of results on here, but Brian, it looks like you did get to run the ARCA series this week. Yeah, Monday night was ARCA at Michigan. Um, that was the first week of the playoffs for the ARCA series. Um, so that's uh, they'll race michigan this week and i think it's bristol next week and then they will uh take the eight drivers and narrow it down to four so uh let's see so i started i actually started on the pole position on this race so i was pretty happy about that but man did i have a terrible start i didn't get a great get great launch from the beginning um i was being a little too conservative at the beginning trying to save a little bit of tire and uh, I just got a little bit too far back in traffic to kind of work my way back up. You know, I, I wound up using up tires, trying to get by other cars and uh, just wound up uh, just settling at sixth place. So it's okay, okay finish. Um, it should keep me in the hunt to advance after next week's race at Bristol. So uh, I'm looking forward to trying to hang on and make it to the next round of playoffs in the uh, OBRL ARCA series. 
I think that wraps up all the results. But before we go to final thoughts, Tony, uh, or you might even want to say it in your final thoughts, did you uh, mention that uh, fantasy was going to be starting back up this year? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to add it into the uh, final thoughts, but we'll do it here. That's good. That works. Um, Yeah, fantasy is coming back uh, this year. And they don't have any of the the rules posted up yet. There's actually really uh, still all the 2020 stuff. So um, I'm expecting that it's going to pretty much be the same as it was last year. It ran pretty good last year. But uh, for anybody that was uh, following along with this last year, you don't have to do anything. Just uh, make sure you make your picks before uh, Daytona. You're good to go. Anybody else that wants to join up, uh, go to the NASCAR site and underneath their fantasy live section, just look for iRacers Lounge podcast uh, fantasy league. Now, the uh, one thing that's going to be different this year is that we're going to be doing all the coverage over on the Aftermath show. And since the Aftermath show is every two weeks, uh, that means uh, we're going to do a little blurb on the off weeks, uh, just a you know, five, 10 minute uh, audio segment just uh, to just to give a rundown of how things are sitting. And, you know, there's some tips and uh, just some fantasy insight that we have, which may or may not help you the following week. So uh, we'll see how this all goes. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. It was fun last year and should be fun again this year. Yeah. And since I was signed up last year, I don't have to re-sign up. I actually opened the NASCAR app and took a look. And, uh, yeah, our group is still together and ready to go. Yeah, yeah. For, for everybody that uh, that hung out last year, it's super easy this year. And, uh, you know, the sign-up process is, is very, very simple. It's very easy. And uh, once you're in, you're in for the whole season. Come on out. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't around for that last year, but I'm really looking forward to doing it this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I'm looking for a whole bunch of newcomers this year to, uh, you know, bring me some challenge and uh, see if I can I can hang on to the the top spot again this year. We'll see. The the COVID change in the NASCAR schedule where they had, you know, Saturday races and Sunday races and midweek races and all this crazy stuff that really screwed me on this fantasy because I couldn't keep up with it. I was literally too much to. Oh crap! There's another race going on. I didn't even realize it, and I didn't make my picks and all that. So hopefully this year uh, we stick to a schedule that you know NASCAR has put out, and and we don't have to do all this craziness. And I can do better. So you're saying it was like they were changing the daylight savings time every other week? It's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't keep up there in the midsummer when they were changing everything. GridFinder is your go-to source for finding your next sim racing league. Currently home to over 450 leagues across all gaming platforms and across 10 different racing sims, including over 80 iRacing leagues. Filter your search by racing sim, car class, race day, and region. Finding a league to fit your schedule has never been this easy. Visit www.grid-finder.com to find a league or upload your own. GridFinder Finder.com. The home of online sim racing leagues. Okay, so we'll move on to final thoughts. Brian McCubbin. All right, guys. So um, 
I mentioned this last week, but I signed up for the Podium 500. Uh, so uh, tonight is the uh, the race to get into it if you did not meet their minimum requirements for license and SR. So um, I didn't have to worry about that. Um, but I will be in tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. They have their uh, their time trials their, uh, for uh well, they're qualifying, I guess. Uh, they changed it to one lap qualifying so that uh, the people can't manipulate their tires uh, like they do in the Porsche Cup Series. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, if I uh, – after after qualifying tomorrow night, they'll set you into, set you into eight different heats. And uh, the heats are Saturday anywhere from, I think, 12.30 to 5.30. They're 20-lap heats. And then uh, the winner, the the uh, top finishers go right to the to the final race on Sunday morning, and uh, everybody else gets placed on a last chance qualifier. They have two of those on Saturday night. So, looking forward to giving this thing a shot. See how I do. Uh, it'll be cool to see some, uh, you know, maybe getting some races with some names that I might be familiar with from Coke Series or or elsewhere. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, what I'm looking forward to this week. And then. Then it's off to the NIS. So what's the strategy with a one-lap qualifying? Do you stay go high, stay low for the lap, or what do you think? I, I would I would think you probably, you know, on your in, on your out lap stay high and then just stay low on the on the one lap. Um, I never really qualify all that great at Daytona anyway. I'm not really expecting a whole lot as far as qualifying. So, you know. The 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 uh, heat races I imagine are going to be just a crapshoot like any races at Daytona where you know anything can really happen. So um, as long as I uh, as I race smart in the heat races and uh, make sure I'm there at the end, you know, hopefully something can happen. I guess. Okay, David Hall, final thought. Uh, pretty proud of that P5 in that Winter Series League. That was a tough league. It's pretty neat to look up there and see your name right next to Derek Justice and Christian Schellner. Uh, I'm no pro, but it was still exciting to to get that kind of result. And most of it actually didn't come from being the fastest guy. It just came from being consistent and staying out of trouble in what was a fairly fairly clean league anyway. It was. It was a great league, like I said. Um, and Alan and those guys did a great job. What a great uh, roster he's put together. And uh, can, looking forward to doing that next year. Okay, Greg Hectus, final thoughts? Uh, looking forward to getting back in the NIS. Uh to racing the ovals again. I've been on the road the whole time. Uh, we've been in the off seasons, but uh, I'm also about to undertake uh, probably starting tomorrow. I'll be ripping apart my, uh, my whole rig here and reconfiguring it with uh, my new, I guess I'm calling it my studio. I'm going to make my studio here for, um, you know, my video editing and graphics and all that stuff that I've been doing. So I'm going to set it all up and have my rig separate to the other side and, be able to work back and forth between them and just kind of separate everything so that my rig is, I'm not sitting here and doing the podcast in my rig. I'm going to be at a, it'll be at it from a different angle next week. So I'm looking forward to getting that all set up. So you got yourself a a table today and you've been putting that together and different things. Yeah. So I got a gaming table. Um, I'm going to, going to mount my two monitors to it. Um, It's, I got a chair that's going to come, a nice, a nice chair to sit in that's coming on uh, Sunday, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm all, I'm also off work next week, so I get to do a bunch of racing too. Once, hopefully, once I get everything set up here. 
and I got to finish qualifying for the uh, Canadian Pro Series. Okay, good luck in that, and uh, we hope you run well. All right, Tony Groves, final thought. All right, well, uh, two years ago in the NIS series, Mr. Chris Gales had the most uh, amount of races started. Uh, what has that got to do with my final thought? Absolutely nothing. Go poke high. Um, yeah, we just uh, finished up a, an aftermath uh, episode. We had uh, had Brian on. We were talking about 24. Um, that was a lot of fun. That was that was a great amount of fun. Um, so make sure to uh, check that out. And, uh, yeah, look for us in the off week coming up here soon. Like I uh, previously announced, we're going to start doing uh, some little shots of NASCAR fantasy. And then uh, we'll dive a little deeper on, uh, on our regular record weeks. So, uh, yeah, check out the aftermath. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to that. Make sure you guys get your fantasy picks in before the race um, a week from Sunday. Uh, my final thoughts, uh, man, I was happy to get a win this week at the uh, iRacing Super Speedway. Um, kind of sets my confidence for the going into next week for the 500. Uh, as you all know, I've won the 500 a few times, and I'm looking for another one. Um, this is a big race for me. I'm really uh, good at restrictor plates. Uh, as, you, as I said before, I'm nervous about the setup. Um, are we going to have one that's going to be competitive? Um, but that's it. Other than the, the setup, I'm not worried at all. I, I feel really confident in the driving. Uh, I can get to the front. I will get to the front. But will I have the luck to keep me there? Um, the other thing I, I want to bring up is I talked to the team and the guys about we need to be a little more supportive of each other on these restrictor plate races. If you're not racing, we want you spotting. We want you crew chief. We want, if you're out early, we want you to, to help somebody else. Um, it makes a huge difference when you have a spotter on these races. Um, I've talked people um, into wins before by being in their ear, um, and it makes a difference. And so I'm looking forward to that. And with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the Odd Racers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.